morning, everybody. All right. It's almost Labor Day. It's a holiday weekend, and you chose to be here, and you chose to watch us online. And so we want to thank you. Thank you for carving out time for us to be able to worship together. I'm super excited about this series we're launching today, and it's simply called Saved. And I don't know if that's terminology you've heard before, but I remember saying this. I remember telling people that I knew after June 17, 1988, that was before some of you were born, like way before some of you were born. Uh, but I remember after that day telling people I got saved because of an experience I had at summer Bible camp in Knott County, Kentucky, at a place called Camp Nathaniel. And I had heard for years that if you want to experience God, if you want to experience this free gift of salvation, if you want to live forever with Jesus, you need to put your faith in Him. And as best as I knew how, on a Thursday night, at this camp, I prayed, can't remember the exact words I prayed, but I prayed and asked God to save me. And that's terminology I'm used to hearing. I don't know if you've used it a lot, if you've heard it a lot. Maybe it's something that we don't hear as much. Uh, but I would tell people, I got saved. That's what happened, I got saved. I think it sounds kind of funny to hear it when you really think about that. It's, it almost sounds like, I got mugged. You know, some, something happened to me. I didn't see it coming, but oh my, I, I got saved. That happened, you know. Well, that's not exactly how it goes. But I will say what's good about that terminology is it expresses something that happened to me because of something someone else did. And that's exactly what salvation is. And it's the reason why we're launching this series is I want you to know and understand what it actually means to be saved. The Bible talks about being saved. I've seen signs that say Jesus saves. So what does that even mean? What are we being saved from? What's, what's, what's that all about? So what we're going to be doing over the next five weeks, including today, is looking at different metaphors that we find in the Bible. Uh, word pictures, if you will, that help explain exactly what that means. And so today, the first word picture we're going to talk about is this. If you are saved, then you are acquitted. If you're saved, then you are acquitted. I know Miss Missy uh, talked about that as she was uh, introducing the swag bags. That's a big word. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I sometimes get those legal words confused. I'll hear something on the news like someone was charged or they were arraigned or they were acquitted. I'm like, well, so, so what happened? <laughs> you know, but acquitted literally means to be declared not guilty. To be declared not guilty. It's when a judge says, hey, you're innocent. You're not guilty. You're all good. You don't have to pay the fine. You don't have to go to jail. You don't have to be punished. You're not guilty. That's, that's powerful, isn't it? Words we all love to hear, especially if we are guilty. <laughs> if we are guilty, but we're declared not guilty, that's actually quite amazing, isn't it? And that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. I know we got some kids in the room. Kids, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but my mom loves to tell the story of the time when she asked me right before dinner, hey, Bill, did you eat dessert already? No, Mom, I didn't eat dessert. Really, Bill? Did you eat dessert already? We're about to eat supper. Did you already have dessert? No, Mom. Said no, I don't know how many times. And she said, why do you have chocolate chip crumbs all around your mouth right now? She loves to tell people that story for some reason, to know that she caught me, caught me doing the wrong thing. 
Now, I don't even remember being punished for that. I probably was. I don't know what happened to me. Uh, but I don't remember it, so it must not have been too traumatic, whatever it was. But if I fast forward to when I was 18 and 19 years old, I remember when I got my first speeding ticket. I was visiting my mom from college, and I was going to church on a Sunday morning. I was running way late, so I was driving faster than the legal limit, of course, to get to church. I thought it was a good motive, right? I mean, I wasn't like speeding to go do something weird. I was going to church, but I got pulled over, got a ticket. But down in Harlan County, where I'm from, it was a well-known understanding that if you choose to go to court instead of paying the ticket, that they typically let you off. Say, okay, it's your first offense. You don't have to pay the ticket. So I chose that I'm not going to pay the ticket. I'm going to go to court. I'm like, man, this, this is great. I hope this is true. Turns out it is true. But what I do remember about that experience is it was still very almost traumatic for me. I'd never been inside a courtroom before. I'd never seen what that looked like. There were criminals in there. Judges were making them stand up and answer questions. I was quite nervous, quite freaked out, but it was great to hear that, okay, son, you, you, this is your first offense. You don't have to pay that ticket, but if you get pulled over again for speeding, you will pay the full price. Yes, sir. Get out of there as quick as I could. But it was great because I was speeding. I knew I was speeding. I knew I'd done the wrong thing. I'd been caught doing the wrong thing. I knew it. The police officer knew it. The judge knew it. And yet still, I was declared not guilty. It's great news. That's what we're talking about when we talk about being saved by God. We talk about being saved by Jesus. It's being given a not guilty verdict, even though we are guilty. I want to look at a passage with you in Romans chapter 3 in the Bible. Now, before I read this to you, watch for the word, listen for the word justify or justified. That word literally means declared not guilty. So a bit more of a biblical word for that. Justified, declared not guilty. So this is what it says starting in verse 22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So another, another word you could put in place of righteousness would be innocence. This innocence is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, you are given his innocence in place of your guilt. It goes on to say there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. This was huge because back in those days when God inspired Paul to write this, there were probably those who believed, well, well, the Jewish people who had been believing in God for some time are, are probably in better standing than the Gentiles who are pagans who, who either don't worship God at all or they worship a whole pantheon of gods and goddesses. Nope, he says, doesn't matter. Jew or Gentile, no matter who you are, Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have sinned. Every single one of us have fallen short of the glorious standard of God. I know Miss Missy was talking about your swag bags, kids, and, and, and things that you are saved from that you can list there. You can basically list anything that you've ever done that is wrong. Telling a lie, disobeying your parents, Anything you've ever done is wrong can go on that list. That's what we need saved from is what the Bible calls sin. And we all have it. We've all done it. The best person you know who seems to live this perfect life, nope, they have sinned also. We all have sinned. And it says in verse 24, 
and all are justified. Yeah, all have sinned. We all need his mercy. We all need his grace. We're all guilty. We've all done the wrong thing. But all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That's awesome news. Because of Jesus and what he did, if you believe in him, you are justified, declared not guilty. Now, listen, in verse 25, it's kind of a different verse, but it explains how all the history of humanity has been building up to this moment where Jesus died on the cross. Here's what it says. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Verse 26. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. This is what's awesome. In in the last series, we talked about who God is, what is he like. He is both gracious and forgiving and merciful, and he's also perfect and just. And what we just read in the scriptures shows how he's able to declare us not guilty because he allowed his son, Jesus Christ, to take the punishment for our sins. By allowing that to happen, God is both just in that he has rendered justice, he has punished the guilt through the body of his son, Jesus Christ, but he's also one who justifies. He declares not guilty and gives grace and mercy to anyone who would believe in his son, Jesus Christ. So when you believe in Jesus, your guilt is completely covered by Jesus's innocence. We have a trade. We give Jesus our guilt for which he is punished on the cross. He gives us his complete innocence and righteousness. And when God looks at everyone who's ever believed in Jesus, he doesn't see our past sin, our present sin. He instead sees the innocence and the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. It's a miracle. It's why you ever heard the word gospel? The word gospel means good news. That's good news, isn't it? I mean, it is really good news. So here's what I want you to know and understand. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, Here's what you are. You are not guilty. Even though you are, (laughs) you're not guilty. And in this passage we just read, you're not guilty now. The moment you place your faith in Jesus, you're not guilty now. But it even expunges the sins of the past from your record before God. Now that is mind-blowing, isn't it? I have friends, we've had conversations where we talk about regrets and mistakes. Imagine, even though we sometimes hold on to that shame, even though sometimes we hold on to the guilt, imagine that if you were to try to throw that up to God, that he says, I don't know what you're talking about. I expunged that from your record. You are not guilty. Not guilty now and not guilty ever. And if that wasn't more awesome enough, I want to read to you another passage, and I want to warn you, this passage is a little scary, a little frightening, but it also contains this same good news about what it means to be saved. Revelation 20 verse 11 says this, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. This sounds really scary, right? <laughs> then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Oh, wow, that's scary. The lake of fire is the second death. Don't like that. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That sounds horrible. Bad news. But did you catch that this is only the reality for those whose name is not written in the book of life? So I want my name written in the book of life. And there's only one way that the Bible teaches that that happens. Believe in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him for grace. And it says that he blots out our iniquities. He casts our sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers it no more. Mind-blowing. Impossible. You and I will hold a grudge for someone barely offending us. And though we have so much sin before the perfect and holy God who created the universe, if we just place our faith in Jesus, if we just ask for forgiveness, he gives it freely, the Bible says. Isn't that good news? It is mind-blowing news. And because of what we just read, it reminds us of this. Not only are we declared not guilty before God now and ever, but also not guilty forever. No matter what, our future is guaranteed to be one day standing for the judge of all judges. And the Bible talks about that quite often through the New Testament. And it sounds intimidating and scary because I know one thing. I I felt pretty confident I was going to get off that speeding ticket in Harlan County. But I will tell you, I was still shaking at the knees a little bit. So I know that when I see this description of standing for the judge of all judges, it's intimidating. It's scary. But I have good news for you. God offers you salvation from the guilt that you have ever, ever had in your life and ever will have in your life so that you can have confidence that when you come to that moment in eternity, all God will look at, all that he will see when he looks at you is the innocence of Jesus Christ. He gives it freely for all who would ask for it. And it takes faith. It absolutely takes faith to do that. I know that because I know that this makes no sense for someone who doesn't believe that God is real or someone that doesn't believe there is such a thing as sin or for someone that doesn't believe in in a moment in eternity like this where justice is finally rendered and that this old, hurtful, dark, sinful world in which we live finally gets eradicated and we live in a perfect, wonderful place called heaven. If you don't embrace what the Bible teaches about that, then this is probably tough for you to accept. But today I would ask you, if you believe that this Bible is the Word of God, what I've just shared with you is the gospel truth. And you and everyone who's watching and listening, everyone in this room, every human being that is alive right now, breathing God's good air, if you have never asked God to forgive you, if you've never asked Him to save you, All you have to do is believe in him enough to ask and you will be declared not guilty. Not guilty now, not guilty ever, and not guilty forever. And that's the best news you'll ever hear. And it's why I offer you this next step today to take. Ask God to save you. 
from the guilt of your sins. That's all you have to do is ask him to save you. You probably think, nope, that's not possible. If, he, if you knew what I did, if you knew who I was, it's not possible. Did you just not hear what I said? <laughs> your sins have been paid for by God himself. It's the most amazing act of love and mercy. And yeah, we don't deserve it. But by faith, you can receive it. I love what it says in 1 John 1. This is the last couple of verses I want to read to you. The first verse there, 1 John 1, 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And that is possible. I do believe that so many of us might be tempted to believe we don't really need God. We don't really need His forgiveness and mercy. And if that's you, yeah, I guess guess maybe this doesn't really inspire you at all. But friends, if you have any idea, any notion whatsoever of your guilt before God, that's not a good feeling. But this next verse gives us the most amazing news ever. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not guilty. Not guilty now. Not guilty ever. And not guilty forever and ever and ever and ever. That's why it's called the gospel. It's why it's called being saved. We're being rescued from our mistakes, from our failures, from our sin, from our past, and from even the mindset of sin, and even from the mindset of how guilty we are. We're freed from all of that to live our life in innocence before God for the rest of our days. Do you want that today? If you want it today, just like it just said in that verse I read you, All you have to do is ask for it in faith. So I invite you to do that now while I pray. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, I come before you and I thank you that you did all of this just for us. I can't believe it, God, that you offer us complete innocence, that you would expunge all of our past and wipe it away, and not hold it against us any longer. Lord, it's incredible. But I'm hoping in this room, and I'm hoping that those watching and listening right now will know this, that you sent your son Jesus to personally take care of their guilt for them. And that all we have to do is just place our faith in you and believe in you, and pray a prayer like this. All we have to do is say, Jesus, save me from my sins. Please forgive me, God, for everything I've done wrong. I want your salvation. Please save me, God. Give me your innocence. I want to be with you forever in heaven. So God, please forgive me and save me now. Lord, I pray that everyone who's watching and listening and everyone who's in this very room today that has prayed a prayer like that right now, that you would help them to know that they stand before you innocent, not guilty, for eternity. Oh, what a glorious, glorious life that is, God. And what amazing gift you've given us, this free gift of salvation. Thank you for it, God. It seems it seems so weird to say thank you because it's not enough. But Father, it's all we got. We will thank you with our lives and our worship from this day forward. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us enough to pay for our sins. And we ask it in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I love that in Luke 15 in the Bible, 
it says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who is saved. Like it becomes a party in heaven. So if you're watching and listening online or if you're here in this room today and you prayed and you asked God to forgive you, you asked Him to save you, there is a party in heaven right now. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's everything that God wants and everything that God desires. So I want to encourage you to do me one more favor, if you will, today. If you prayed and asked Him to save you, let somebody know you did that so that they too can celebrate so that they too could be praying for you. And one way you can do that is to let us know by texting the word SAVED to our number, our landline number here at church, 859-356-3162. All you can do is text that one little word to us and we'll know that you've taken that step of faith and we'll just encourage you, pray for you. We won't be weird and stalk you or anything like that, but we just want to walk with you. We just want to be there for you in your newfound faith in Jesus. Thank you guys so much for worshiping with us today. And I look forward to worshiping with you again next week as we look at the second word picture for what it means to be saved. God bless you guys.